I think it was, I looked it up, it was three years ago that, you guys all remember Boy George? Who remembers Boy George? Yeah, so three years ago, I saw an interview from him, and I actually mentioned this quote in a sermon, but I looked it up again because I just was thinking about it this week, and he said this, the most difficult thing to change about yourself is the way you look at things. Isn't that so true? It's like I could try to change how I do things or what's going on, but when I don't change how I see it, I often just revert back to doing things the way I used to. But, but when how I see things change, it can make a huge impact in our lives. And it made me think about my dad this week, okay? Here's my dad. So uh, my dad was a high school baseball coach and a college coach. And he used to say, you got to be kidding me. He used to say that to me a lot. You know, you got to be kidding me, right? And and I, I was thinking about him because I can't pinpoint like exactly when this happened. But I do remember that over time, I began to think more like my dad than less like my dad. Do any of you guys uh, didn't want to be anything like your dad when you're in middle school and high school? And then later on, you start realizing, oh, no, I'm like my dad. And I started thinking more like him. And there are a few defining moments. One was this. This was a defining moment here. Uh, that's my family. Uh, the oldest there is now a freshman in college. And my youngest is a junior in high school. But man, there is nothing that can make you think differently about your dad as much as becoming a dad. And all of a sudden going, maybe my dad was not as dumb as I thought. Right? It's like as a son, it's different. When you become the dad, you begin to look differently at your own father. At least I did. There's another big defining moment in this was this picture here. So that's me back in my young days and my son, Zach, and that was my dad. He has a fun little hat on there because he had just had brain surgery. He got a brain tumor. He died in a month. That was another defining moment. When all of a sudden you start thinking how you see things how you think about someone, how you see the things that they say have a profound impact on your life. So becoming a dad, losing my dad, changed how I saw things. And I can honestly say, it changed how I respond to everyday situations, how I respond to conflicts, difficulties, good things, bad things. It made a huge impact. Even my dad's famous quote, what was famous to me because I got tired of it. Son... It's not how you handle the good times, but how you handle the bad times that determines what kind of man you are. Middle school, high school, 20s, 30s, oh, that makes sense. Just took a while, right, to see things differently. Why am I saying this? Because over the years, I can honestly tell you that like how I see the Bible, how I approach the Bible, how I read it, what I expect has gone through some changes as well. And, and, and those changes have also changed how it impacts me. Because when I see things differently or when, I, when something changes the way I see it, it changes everything. It makes a profound impact on everything. And the reason why I wanted us to think about this is because today we are starting a study through the book of James. We're going to be, for the next couple months, we're going to be going through the book of James. And the book over the year, the book of James over the years has been kind of controversial from some, some debates and discussions about it. Even the great Martin Luther actually didn't think that the book of James should be in the Bible. 
He didn't like it. He thought it was too legalistic, too many rules and regulations, shouldn't have been canonized. Let's just put that one aside. So how we approach it, how we approach it, how we look at it can have a significant impact on how it impacts us. It could completely change how it impacts us. You see, as we begin this journey, this is what I hope we kind of see, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it like this. James, the beautiful life God has for us, not just a bunch of rules to follow. So our title of this series is called, a series is called The Beautiful Life. And I want us to kind of think of this idea of is it a beautiful life that God has for us? Or is the book of James just a bunch of rules and regulations? And so what I want to do here this morning is I want us to start by just looking at some of the key passages throughout. Let me try to just try to paint a picture, this picture here of the beautiful life. And then next week we're going to kind of launch into the book even more. But over the last few weeks, I've read it over quite a few times, and so have our staff. And we got together and we talked, and we found James 3.13 really to be a, a central foundational verse in this book. He says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now, notice here, James isn't saying like, hey, who's the spiritual among you? Who's the obedient? Who's the one that God likes the most? Who's the one that pleases God in your actions? What James is asking is, who is wise? Who's wise? Because those that are wise, you're going to show it by your good life. That's going to come from humility and wisdom. So that's what James is asking. He wants to know who's wise. And this is basically the the statement that I want us to think about. Is that James wants us to experience the beautiful life that comes from wisdom. He wants us to experience the beautiful life that comes from wisdom. This is what he teaches throughout this letter. Throughout this letter, he is teaching a life of humility that comes from wisdom. And that could be a powerful thing in our lives. Humility is kind of an interesting idea, isn't it? Okay, in January 1st when I taught, I said I turned 50 last month. And it made me think about some things. It actually got me to read this book that's about your second half of life. And so I read this book during January. And this guy made a statement in this book that, man, I have shared a lot since then. And he said this, it takes a lot of learning to become ignorant. Did you guys hear that? Let me say it again. It takes a lot of learning to become ignorant. What a powerful thought. This idea that, man, when I was 20, I had it all together. I got it figured out. 30, oh, man, I know what's going on. 40, oh, no. What the heck am I doing? 50, yet to be determined. I'm in the midst of it right now. 60, looking back to all the ways you've destroyed your life and the life of people around you. 70s, who cares anymore? I don't care. Just do what I want. (laughs) But how many of you, if you've gotten older, have you realized that you know more, but you know less? Anyone? That's called ignorance. And you know what? We're all ignorant. The older we get, the more ignorant. It takes a lot of learning to become ignorant. It takes a lot of learning to realize that when I was 20, I didn't know what I was talking about. And that was a powerful reality. Humility 
is, power, is a powerful thing. It is humbling to finally realize I don't know it all, especially when I used to. It is humbling to realize I don't have it all together. It's humbling as a father to look back and realize I haven't handled everything correctly. And I think the book of James can be a very valuable book for our life today and now, our everyday life. It is incredibly practical and applicable to everyday life. And that's how we want to approach it, to lead us into wisdom, humility. There's another passage in James chapter 2 that we think is pretty foundational. If you really keep the royal law, the king's edict, the finals, here is the law. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. Man, the book of James is leading us to get this understanding that how we live in humility is a life of love. Those things work hand in hand. To love your neighbor as yourself just seems so simple, it's so powerful, and it's just so darn difficult, isn't it? So here's what I want us to know is that James wants us to experience the beautiful life that comes from loving others. James wants us to experience the beautiful life that comes from loving others. I don't know if there is a greater display of humility than love. Any of you husbands over the years have realized how humble you need to be and how humble you've become. The reality of putting someone that you love more than anyone above yourself just isn't as easy all the time as we thought, is it? I think love is a display of humility. Man, I don't know if there's a greater display of wisdom than love. The wisest fathers I know are the ones that, yeah, they father and they parent, but they have the wisdom to say, how do I make sure my kids know how deeply I love them? Not just by saying it, but how I live. Love is a display of humility. Love is a display of wisdom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says, the only things that counts is faith expressing itself through love. This is a simple, straightforward thing. This is what counts. Faith expressing itself through love. And I want to challenge you first on two things. I want to challenge you first. Read the book of James. Read the book of James this week in one sitting. It's going to take you 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Read through it. And I want to challenge you as you read through it to read through it as a book of wisdom. As a book of wisdom to teach us how to love, to teach us humility, to teach us how to experience the beautiful life. That we love by our works, by our actions, that we love by taking care of widows and orphans. That the way we love and show wisdom is by not showing partiality and not being envious or focusing on our own selfish ambitions. That we experience love and show love by not fighting or quarreling. That we show love and wisdom by being careful with our words. Has anyone ever hurt a relationship or caused a bad situation through something you said? No, just me? Okay, you good. There's a couple of people. Good, good. Glad a couple of us. Can relate. 
We show love and wisdom by not judging, by not living a life of greed, by enduring patiently. We live a life of humility and show love and wisdom when we have open and authentic relationships where we can share with each other, confess to each other, pray for each other, and encourage each other. You see, that whole list I went through is basically most of the topics that James deals with throughout his book. He's dealing with wisdom that could help us experience the beautiful life today, here, now, right where we are, no matter what we're facing with, no matter facing, no matter where we are at, no matter where we live, no matter how old we are. It's practical, real life wisdom. You see, the beautiful life is available that's not based on just circumstances, but it's based on how we see things, how we approach life, how we approach relationships, how we approach God, how we approach His Word, how it impacts us. And in many ways, this is our salvation working itself out in everyday life. See, when we think of salvation, we just automatically jump to after we die, don't we? If I was to come to you and say, oh, I'm saved, it means I'm going to heaven, not hell. Oh, that person needs to be saved. They need to go to heaven and not hell. That person's not saved. They're going to hell, not heaven. When we think of the word salvation, we think of after death. Man, I want to tell you the Bible is just full of teachings about life here and now. Salvation, not just after we die, but being saved from a life of death, destruction through love and humility flowing out of wisdom. That is a powerful reality, and that seems to be the focus that James has in this letter. Look at, look at James 1.21. I'm going to look at some passage here. James 1.21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, again, our idea is to jump right to save you. Yeah, I'm going to be saved after I die. I don't think that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the word of God being planted in us that impacts us in a way in how we live that can save us. That word save talks about this idea of um, being complete. It talks about this idea of uh, um, being preserved, to recover, to be restored. That's what that word is talking about. I think he's talking about this idea of the power of these words he's teaching, these power of these truths can save someone's life here and now from the destruction and the brokenness that this world so often experiences. Here's how I put it. James wants us to experience the beautiful life that comes from living our lives according to God's ways. That's what he's teaching us. The salvation and I want to tell you, this is probably one of the biggest how I see things changes for me, how I see the Bible. When it went from this list of do's and don'ts, well, if you do this, God will do this. If you don't do this, God, you know, to this book of wisdom that's leading me into a different way of seeing things. Not seen as a list of do's and don'ts, but, a, but a, a book of wisdom that leads to life and hope and brings salvation. Yes, after we die, but just as important, salvation here and now in our everyday lives. Check out this verse in James 1.25. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. 
Now, I've mentioned this before that I don't think he will be blessed when he does means that God is like going, you do the right things and I'm doing some magical fairy dust blessing. I think what this is teaching us, if we hear these truths of God, these teachings of God, we don't just hear them, but we do them. God designed this world that when we walk in them, we're going to be blessed. Give you an example. Love your wife as Christ loved you. And I bet you your marriage will be better. There you go. It will be blessed. That's what he's talking about. This reality of how powerful the word can be in our lives today. Look at James 2.12. He says this, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. I love this idea. The law that gives freedom. What a fascinating thought. When I think of law, I think of being restricted. Don't you? Do you? I think of being restricted. When I'm driving down the freeway and it's just 55 and I know my Prius just wants to kind of let go and just... It just wants to go, right? But I have to restrain her. Yeah, slow down. It's okay. Got to stay under the speed limit. It's the law, right? So most of the time, that's how we're looking at the law. But this is saying that, man, we are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. That is just a powerful thing to think about. The laws of God, the teachings of God, the ways of God giving us Freedom. That is the salvation I believe James seems to be talking about in his letter. That's why we titled the series The Beautiful Life. Instead of, you better follow these things or else. It's so much more powerful than that. Oh, and there's one thing I didn't mention. Jesus, I mean, James is more than likely the brother of Jesus. And while Jesus was ministering on this earth in those three or so years, James and his other siblings thought he was crazy. Who wouldn't think your brother was crazy? What if your brother all of a sudden came and said, hey, by the way, I'm the Messiah? You're like, oh, woo! Jesus has lost it, right? And that's what it says, that he looked at him a little bit crazy. But then something happened. Jesus rose from the dead. Wouldn't you love to have been there with James when Jesus went to his brother after his death and said, "Uh, James, and James looks up and goes, oh, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Seriously? Oh, no. Remember all those things you used to think I was crazy about? Surprise, right? I mean, this idea. Now, here's the deal. Remember when I was talking about my dad earlier? Talk about seeing things differently like that. I bet you James didn't go, well, I better listen to Jesus now. He probably changed his perspective, how he saw things so quickly. Because he realized that Jesus is not just his brother, but he is God's son who came to take away the sins of the world and lead people to life. James might have thought, when you read through the book of James, you're going to hear the voice of Jesus, no doubt about it. James probably started thinking about all those things he heard his brother teach. And he went like, oh, gosh, seriously? Well, let's look at some of them. What about John chapter 8, verse 36? Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Can you imagine the brother going, oh, gosh, here he goes again. Cuckoo. Then he raises from the dead and he thinks back. Hmm. Set you free. He talks about the law that gives freedom. He gets it. 
He's teaching into this freedom. What about John 10, 10? I love this one. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Those who live in wisdom have a good life. What he heard from his brother that maybe he thought was a little crazy now is his heart and what he's writing to us. That wisdom that comes to life. Or what about the Sermon on the Mount? If you really look at the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, a lot of people think that the Sermon on the Mount and the book of James just parallel each other very much. Same topics throughout. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the law and the prophets. And then Jesus goes on to say, so enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. The wide and broad gate is not treating others the way you want to be treated. I think the wide gate is treating others the way you are treated. And we treat others the way we're treated. That's when we just begin to battle and butt heads, right? So this wide road that leads to destruction and many enter it are the ones that I'm going to treat you the way you treat me. I treat you the way I want to treat you. And that's not it. But look what Jesus goes on to say. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. And only a few find it. James is taking the teachings of his brother that now are the teachings of his Lord and Savior. And he's bringing that wisdom to us. In many ways, treating others the way you want to be treated is what James is teaching throughout his book. Have you ever guys found it interesting? Sometimes you read the Bible, you go like, I don't want to do that, but I sure hope everyone else does. I don't want to love others. I hope they love me. It's kind of like the same, I'll use the driving analogy again. Oh, I have to stop at this light, but I'm sure glad the other people stop when it's green for me, right? It just depends on how we see things. James saw the freedom that comes from the teachings of his Lord and Savior, Jesus. And he brings those teachings to this book. That's the narrow road of wisdom, humility, love, which results in blessing, freedom, and the beautiful life. And I hope and pray that you might be excited. I'm excited about our next couple months as we go through this book. I hope you are too. And I hope that you might just approach this book differently, like show me the wisdom that leads to life instead of like, oh, here comes the rules and regulations. No, it is a beautiful life that James wants us to experience. And he's gonna teach us into that humility and love and wisdom. I wanna invite you back next week and maybe you might wanna invite someone as, guess how James begins his book? By dealing with suffering and, and uh, trials and difficulties. I'm sure the people back then were going through some pretty heavy things. So he deals with that right off the bat. It's almost like he deals with that, then he says, now let's move on to loving and caring and humility. So next week we're gonna cover that. And I wanna tell you something, the older I get, the more ignorant I become. I'm not thinking we are gonna get these pat little answers next week from Scott, but we're gonna journey through James and we're gonna think through how we handle life when it's not that easy. And I think it'd be a great time. Maybe you have a friend or a family or someone that you think can use that. Hope you'll invite him back next week as we begin this journey together. And as we launch James, I hope that it'll end up being a really, really powerful couple months for us as a church 
and you as an individual and maybe in your families and stuff as well. So as the band is going to come up, we're going to do one more song. Let me just lead us in a time of prayer and then uh, let's uh, just worship together. Father, I uh, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for um, just this idea that you want us to experience this beautiful life. It comes through wisdom, humility, love, and, and I thank you for the book of James. That when, you know, I'm not looking at these rules and regulations, but as wisdom that I might live, that I might experience this life that's not about the circumstances going my way, but it's about how I see things, how I approach things, how I live into things, how I handle things. I pray that over the next couple months, we would just have a profound, that this book would have a profound impact in each of our lives, that, that it would help us to see differently. Because when we see differently, everything changes. I just pray next week you just bring back those that need to hear about just suffering and trials and difficulties and, and that they would maybe experience a little bit of life as we continue to journey to the beautiful life. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name, amen.